Blog Talk Radio. Time with Pastor Steph. Casino for New York City. 
So I can't imagine being someone over there trying to get my, what do you call, gamble on and really feel safe knowing that there are a bunch of people, you know, kind of on the same land but for another agenda. You know, these people are here with no source of income. They are here, you know, pretty desperate. And I don't know if I would like, you know, this environment where I plan to freely spend my money. You know, it's not a very good place to be if, you know, you are homeless, because that's exactly what they are. They're homeless, and now you're looking at a group of people who appear to have money. So I don't think this is a really good, you know, plan. But, you know, Pastor Steph is only Pastor Steph, and who am I, right? Who am I? Well, the ladies had their voice yesterday, and we talked about Ways to overcome disappointment. Now, you know, disappointment is something that, you know, we're not able to really determine when that happens. We don't, you know, know when we're going to be disappointed from one moment to the next because we kind of put ourselves out there and make ourselves vulnerable to uh, be disappointed. So everyone, everyone, everyone has experienced disappointment, and I tell you, doing this news every day, man, everybody don't handle disappointment the same. So, uh, I don't know, but we're going to have to come up with some ways to really address when you do become disappointed so that you do not get in trouble with the Lord. Yeah. Well, one of the things that... um, that listed here is ask God to heal your heart. You know, this here is a crucial, crucial decision to be made because I promise you, when you do not ask God to heal your heart, do you know what happens to the person in your mind, in your heart that disappointed you? Man, oh man, oh man. They're not in good standing. And most times, you end up with some contentment or discontentment, rather, I should say, that uh, kind of hits the surface. So you now begin to despise the individual or the individual. Uh, so you're going to definitely have to make sure, you know, you ask God to heal that heart of yours, all right? What else are they telling us to do? Well, they also suggest that uh, make their thoughts some good ones. Yeah. You know, the Bible tells us to renew our minds. And during disappointment, you're going to have to get a renewal of the mind. Because if you don't start thinking differently, if you don't start thinking good thoughts, then again, what will happen? You know, things will begin to fester. 
and you begin to become very angry and you become real, real nasty sometimes. So, you know, that disappointment thing, that that's that's real. So, you know, those are just two little ways that we can, you know, get to that good spot with the Lord when we are disappointed. The Bible tells us that man will disappoint us all the time. Now, we know man is just gender, not man as a male. But come on, ladies, let's just talk about this thing for a minute because before Pastor Steph kind of moves into today. A man who disappoints you he don't really stand a chance after that, does he? Well, this is why we need to give our, our thoughts and our heart to the Lord for healing. Because, boy, when you start thinking about some things you can do to this individual, woo! Man, oh man, oh man, he's in trouble. So, Let's work on, you know, how we move on from disappointment together. All right. Well, we could not finish a Wednesday problem if we did not have that Faith Over Fear segment with our Pastor Charlotte. And uh, it was a little shift yesterday, but it was good as always. So you want to make sure you go back and listen to our ladies from yesterday because they really played out there at all. Okay? All right. Well, today is Therapeutic Thursday. Yes, today we talk about our health and in the chief form of fashion, our physical health, mental health, emotional health, Spiritual health, financial health, whatever health we got going on that needs some tweaking, it's on today. So I am happy that God has uh, awakened us for us to get started. Uh, the due time crew is on point and we're in the go. So come on, come on, you got to do your part. Go get that healthy breakfast. Go tell somebody that it's the time that Pastor Steph is on. And whatever you do, whatever you do, whatever you do, don't go anywhere. Because we will be right back. A cleft lip typically doesn't affect speech uh, unless the teeth are in a very poor position um, in which it can affect articulation. A cleft palate, however, does have the potential to significantly affect speech production. And what we find is that some children with a cleft palate who have even had surgery still have a difficult time blocking the space between the mouth and the nose because the palate should lift up to touch the back of the throat. And when that doesn't happen effectively, air can leak from the mouth into the nose and so it causes hypernasal speech. Some children with a cleft palate will need speech therapy, and others will need a second operation later in childhood to help improve their speech.
Well, good morning, good morning, and good morning again. Welcome back to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. And it is Therapeutic Thursday. Yes, today we talk about our health. Giving God thanks that we are on this side of the week and He has brought us through safely. You know, we're still here on a mental, you know, angle that's on the high note. You know, we're not uh, in some psychiatric ward. We're not, you know, drifting in bed. And, oh, God is so good. He is the sustainer and the lifter of our soul, right? Right. All right. What are we talking about today? I'm so happy to have you with us. So let's get this conversation started. Get those pens and papers out because we have our little health tip today. And we're talking about the best habits to help us live longer. Okay? So, you know, we all want to live longer. And we don't realize a lot of times that we have every bit to do with that. Yes. So, they say that there are five regions the population overwhelmingly lives to be 100 years or older. Not only that, but these folks are living healthier, not just longer lives. And those five areas, Japan, Okinawa, Okinawa, Japan, Nicoya, Costa Rica, Ikaria, Greece, Loma Linda, California, and Sardinia, Italy. All right? And uh, those are the areas that, you know, listen, they're living to be over 100 years old. So they kind of know a little something, right? All right. So they're saying that although we're living here in the United States much older than in previous generations, we're certainly not always in the best health at the end of our days. So, you know, we're not talking about all these uh, shootings and killings and all. We're talking about, you know, those of us who just, you know, are unscathed by those things. So they are listing some healthy habits to help us live longer. Are you ready? One, they say don't diet instead. Eat until you're mostly satisfied, okay? They say skip the detox or cleanse. And instead, they say try to follow this uh, different mindset. And they say that the mindset is a key factor in Okinawa where this 2,500-year-old Confucian mantra reminds locals 
to enjoy meals and snacks until their stomachs are 80% full rather than counting calories or crash dieting. Okay? They say almost all of the foods consumed in this area are grown within a 10-mile radius of their homes. And they say whole grains, nuts, seeds, beans, legumes, fruits, and vegetables all serve your health well. Okay? So they're saying, you know, those who adopt a diet of whole grains and legumes and fish and fruit and vegetables, they are definitely living longer and have added 10 years longer to their life, you know, expectancy. So there are things that we can do, people. Okay, now, you know, the Bible tells us that by looking in the mirror, who could add to their life? Well, no, we know you can't do that, but definitely you can, you know, make sure that you live better by eating better. Okay? They say that a lot of um, the patients of this particular doctor live longer because she says they use a slow cooker, an instant pot, or an air fryer. Yes. So if you don't have a slow cooker, an instant pot, or an air fryer, you might want to get one if you want to help to add to your years. Okay? Number two, they say limit the added sugars. Okay? And again, we're back to that ultra-processed food. They say eating less of that means that you'll consume fewer grams of added sugars. Okay? They say people in those zones we mentioned area eat eat sugar intentionally, but not by habit or accident. So in other words, they know exactly what they're eating. You know, when we eat habitually, we just eat, 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 or by quote-unquote accident because we haven't prepared properly. So, therefore, it's not our intention to eat this particular thing or that particular thing, but we end up falling into, oh, I just had to eat that, and so it wasn't my intention. You know what I'm saying? All right. So, they're saying that these particular areas, consume about the same amount of naturally occurring sugars as North Americans do, but only about a fifth as much added sugar. So they use no more than seven teaspoons of sugar a day. Wow. Now that's in everything they eat. Can you imagine that? Wow. Okay, so they say American adults on average consume about 17 teaspoons of added sugar each day, which is more than two to three times the amount which they recommend, okay? And they're saying much of this added sugar hides out in those sneaky areas such as sugar-sweetened drinks, yogurt, 
breakfast cereal, and plant-based milk. Just to name a few. Okay. Ten seconds for it, please. All right. Now, the third way they say that we can definitely eat healthy to help us live longer is cook more at home. We just got some talking about this the other day. Yeah, all that out food in my house, I don't know how it ended up being turned out food. Yeah, we're going to have out food. But all that out food definitely adds to your bad intake, okay? They're saying about 60% of Americans eat dinner out at least once each week. And they say that mm, a survey, they said, found that 10% eat out four to six times Per week. Wow. Listen, I can't even afford that. Wow. Wow. Well, they say those people in those five zones we talked about, they say they occasionally dine out. They're known to take pride in making cooking an event. Okay, so they say, for instance, in some households, Milk often come with multiple courses of family recipes made with love, okay? So they say when you cook more at home, you have more control over the ingredients, and we just got finished talking about that the other day. They say you may naturally eat a smaller portion, and you'll score the stress-relieving benefits of creating something from scratch. Okay, they say plus, compared to those who eat out less than one meal per week, individuals who frequently eat meals prepared away from home, two or more meals per day, in other words, they have a higher risk of all-cause mortality. Wow, in other words, they have more risk of dying of more diseases. Okay. Number four, they say share food with others. Okay. So they say when you cook your own meals, you can now benefit by kind of swapping out your meals. Okay. So they say that the areas where people have are living longer, they say they're born into circles that support healthy behavior. So they have um, groups of friends and family who also commit to living longer. And we got it, you know, honestly, you got to say that ain't something we do here in, in, in the States. No. Mm-mm. Here's what we do. Hey, where are we meeting at? Where are we going out to eat? Yeah, that's the average. We do not spend time with one another in one another's homes where we can cook meals and share the meals. So in other words, potluck. You know, everybody kind of brings something, you know? So 
I like that kind of idea, but everybody's so busy. Everybody's so busy. And you know what? When you kind of do a little research as to how people are cooking these days, you uh, you kind of back up off that. But you know what? You do have both um, friends and family who you do trust their cooking. So, you know, do that. And believe it or not, they're saying those people are living longer because they're not only sharing home-cooked foods, but they're also laughing and enjoying one another, spending time. And, you know, when you spend time in good company, they say that also helps to extend and expand your life. Wow. All righty. Number five, they say incorporate activity into your daily life. In other words, get to moving. Get to moving. And you got to admit, that does work. It does work when you are on the movement tip. And I'm not saying exercise, but on the movement tip, you do drop, you know, your weight. You do, you know, then combat a lot of these health um, issues as well as you become healthier. Because once you drop the health issues, you know, listen, when you're moving, you shake heart disease, you shake diabetes, you shake high blood pressure, and how many other health, you know, issues do you drop? So they're saying that if you get to walking, around your neighborhood. They say moving more has been shown to improve your mood as well. So you kind of boost those feel-good neurotransmitters known as endorphins. They say cardio, resistance training, uh, tai chi, pilates, and other activities can bolster balance, increase strength, burn calories, and reduce the risk for depression, heart disease, and more. Okay? So, they're saying many times people will say they don't have the time. But, if we can just commit to 30 to 60 minutes a day, a little walk after a meal, they say all that can help with your balancing of all of the different components in your body. And then you can live longer, okay? All right. Well, here is something that most of us, other than Tamika, who goes to bed early. She's the only one I know who says she goes to bed early. Uh, We are failing miserably. I raise my hand. I know Shantice must be over there raising her hand when I say this. Prioritize sleep. Man, that is something. If we were paid for the amount of time we stay awake, we'd be rich, y'all. Yeah, this house gets very, very little sleep. I don't even think put together we sleep well. If we add all our little times that we sleep together... Yeah, that ain't even that ain't even adding up to nothing. So they're saying prioritize your sleep and help with that stress relief. 
Okay? Chronic sleep deprivation can increase everything from pain related to migraines and, uh-oh, here we go, fibromyalgia to risk for heart disease and cancer. And as anyone knows who's been listening to Pastor Steph long enough, I am a fibromyalgia individual, and it is true, the less um, sleep you get, the more pain you experience. But it's a, a, an interesting dynamic because they also say that it could be because of the pain that you don't sleep. So we just all twisted. Trust me when I tell you. And uh, they're talking about um, all the chronic inflammation that you experience as you get older and our sleep and level of stress will definitely help to bring down um, a lot of those um, things in our uh, day to uh, aid in our chronic pain and stuff like that. Whoa. Yeah, that's it's a serious thing. No, for all just that is very serious. Um, they're saying that if you take little naps and if you get together with those you love and spend some happy hours, if you take time to pray, they're saying you will definitely do a little better in the aging process. You'll add a you know a little bit more time to your uh, lifespan. So they're saying take some lessons from those five different areas. And I'll tell you where again, so don't listen. Don't be looking to move there if you're not going to do what they do. Because it's not just because they live there and the air is clean. It's because these areas, they've developed certain habits. And those, you know, some of the habits that I mean. Okinawa, Japan. Nikoya, Costa Rica. Ikaria, or Ikaria, Greece. Loma Linda, California, and Sardinia, Italy. Those are the five places where people are easily living to over 100, they say. So, you know, I have some people that I've heard say, I don't want to live that long here in this world. Well, listen, I don't know about you, but as long as God keeps my eyes open and I can see my children get older and my granddaughter get older, I'll take it. As long as I can live to serve God more, I'll take it. So I, I, I ain't mad at you if that's what you say. You know, if that's how you feel, I'm sure, you know, you have your reasons feeling that way. But uh, I am starting to do some things that are a little, you know, better, you know, for my health and stuff like that. So not necessarily to live 100, but just to live. <laughs> so, you know, if you missed some of it, go back and listen when the broadcast is over. Some really good points. Okay. Well, what are we talking about today? I'm not all that impressed with our news. But you know what? It's not until we start talking. I become impressed. All right. Well, one of the reasons why we can't live longer is because, again, they talk about eating out versus 
cooking your own meals. Well, you might want to start cooking your own meals after your story because out in South Carolina, a Burger King employee has been accused of something that's pretty ridiculous. So we have this assistant manager, Jamie Major, who is 39 years old. She's been charged with tampering with food. And this came about through a series of events that they ended up even spilling the beans with um, the beans on her. Now, they're saying that they were called to a disturbance at this particular Burger King. And they say when they got there, there were two women yelling and making threats and, you know, doing all kind of profanity, calling. And they say that one of the women was arrested for disorderly conduct. And then they say that another day, they received, a couple of days later, they received a complaint that, there was an employee who had taken some fries that had been thrown in a trash can and had served it to the customers. So that's what that disorderly conduct uh, issue stemmed from. So they say that, come to find out, it was this assistant manager who had been arrested and she was charged the same day with those particular allegations, and her bond and bill was set to $20,000. They say, but when they checked later a couple of days, she was no longer in jail. Now, they say that somehow or another, someone had gotten a whiff that she had taken some french fries from the garbage and decided to sell them to the consumers. Now, in South Carolina, they have a law that states that it is unlawful for a person to maliciously tamper with a human drug product or food item with the intent to do bodily harm to a person. It also states that anyone who's convicted of this um, felony and face up to 20 years in prison. And they're concerned because they're saying, of course, eating any level of contaminated food can result in illness as well as death based on whoever's eating it. So they don't say why, you know, she would do something like this. But like I said, might make you want to stay home and cook a little bit. All right. Well, since we're on the tip of food and how we treat one another, they say that mm, this this gentleman who is 54 years old and in uh, Albania, he was noticing that he was sick, so he kept going back to the hospital. And the doctors were wondering why he kept coming back. And they took some tests, 
and they showed that he was actually a victim of rat poisoning. And when they did their test, the results showed that there were some chemicals in his system that that's normally used to kill rodents. And it's found in, like, store-bought poisons. So, of course, needless to say, if it kills rodents, it's going to be definitely harmful to us. And uh, harmful it was to him, okay? And they're saying when you have rat poisoning, you can end up with bleeding gums, seizures, bruising, bloody diarrhea and urine, hair loss, nosebleeds, and weakness. So this is what he was running back and forth. These are some of the symptoms he experienced, not all, but some of the um, symptoms he experienced that kept him going back to the hospital. And they said when they did the research, (laughs) the police found that when they searched the couple's home, that they discovered a syringe that contained a red liquid. And when they did the toxicology report, they found that the substance was rat poison mixed with some dye. And they said that they believed that she was injecting poison into her husband's meals And uh, she's now facing attempted murder charges. When they confronted her about it, she told them it couldn't have been her because she would prepare his meals in front of him. So I guess he was saying like when she made his plate, it was always directly in front of him at the table. And that's the same um, food she served herself and there could be no way she would poison him secretly. Well, they're not buying it. <laughs> they're not buying that. So, seems to be this thing with you know, painting and putting and contaminating people's food. My goodness. Wow. Now that we're on that tip Still, oh, are y'all ready for this one in here? I guess the movie is not so, you know, boring. But I told you, I just start reading and I get, you know, impressed all over again. Y'all hold on to your seats. Well, there's a woman who made a decision and actually when they she posted she posted this particular situation and the results of the people who responded was really interesting so here's the story y'all she said she got married she's um, like in the, her husband is 27, so she's around the same age. She married the husband eight months ago. And what she did was she took the food and had it arranged that the leftover food would be donated to a soup kitchen 
And, you know, that's all she knew. So she said several months later, her sister got married. And when they went to put the food on the table, she said the ceremony was beautiful. But when she looked at the buffet, she said something looked really odd. And she said the food looked eerily familiar. She said, uh, like identical to what she had at her wedding. But it was just a little dried out and sad. So when she asked her mother, her mother said she had saved a fortune by unfreezing the food from the previous wedding to serve the guests. So what she what she did was when the daughter who got married eight months ago arranged to have the food donated to like a shelter. Mom took the food home, froze it, and served it to the wed- to the wedding guest of the second door. And <laughs> the sister who is, you know, is presently getting married, well, needless to say, she's really upset because her mother told her she would take care of the food. (laughs) Oh, goodness gracious. So, this has caused caused a big problem within the, um, the family, needless to say. And because the sister who got married eight months ago while they were at the wedding, she went around telling people, uh, don't eat that food. So, now, of course, that makes this, this sister who's getting married look bad. But she said she just didn't have the heart to watch the people eat the food and not say anything. Now, here's the thing. The other sister who was getting married didn't say anything. So I don't know. I don't know. But saying that when they took like a little survey, they said that this particular young lady who got married eight months ago got a lot of flack, you know, because they felt that the mother was all right. She was just trying to save some money. And why are you bothering her? And then they say that there were some who were okay with what she did and they appreciated, you know, what she did because they would have wanted to know. And the other side is saying that, listen, listen, we understand that the food may have looked bad, but the food was fine. They They thought the food was fine. And they were like, why would you bother to make the family look bad? And that's what the sister, who was currently getting married, was concerned about. So, I mean, this here is just really not something that I I would 
no, come on, y'all. Come on. Really? How sick could people have gotten? So let's, let's, let's walk this thing out. So it's on a buffet, right? At the wedding. The original wedding. So it sat there kind of like for hours, right? And then he says, all right, give it to a homeless shelter because they're going to eat it right away. But that didn't happen because then it had to go, let's say, to mom's car or wherever. She held the food until she got homeless folks. So you don't even realize what you're freezing, any bacteria. Um, what, what is that? What is that? Come on, y'all. So I can't even imagine people who said that it was cool for mom to do that because she saved money. Mm. Now, didn't we just finish talking about eating out of people's house? Can't eat everywhere. Wow, 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 and wow. All right. Oh, let's talk about family. Now, this is other story. Now, this is interesting. This is interesting. So you had this, this, this brother, and they were half-brothers and sisters in Michigan. They owned a business together. And they ended up somehow or another into this altercation. So what they say happened is that while the male was coming out of the workplace, he was approached by the sister and her husband and daughter in the parking lot. And they got into some verbal dispute. Well, as he was getting into the car, one of them approached the passenger door and they somehow or another ended up getting into a physical altercation. So the male, the brother, pulls out a gun and fires. He shoots the sister and she was pronounced dead at the hospital. Now he's uninjured and the reason why they say that is because she also went to pull out her gun. So now you got this. <laughs> you know, I don't, I'm not laughing, but, you know, I tell you, you can't make this stuff up. So now you've got this Texas standoff, but somebody ain't quick on the draw. So they say that he claims that he was defending himself. And they say that they have video footage of what really happened. So what happened was he went to pull his gun and he shot her first as she was in her bag trying to pull out her gun. So she just wasn't quick enough on the drawer and she ended up dying. Can you imagine this? That, you know, you got a brother and sister, you know, in this altercation. And whoever's quicker on the draw for their gun is the one who lives. Yeah. So now he's uh, he's waiting for this $500,000 bond. 
bond. Mm-mm-mm. And this bond also includes a ankle an ankle bracelet because he's going to be confined to this house, a mental health evaluation, and he cannot have any contact with the family of the sister. Yeah. I tell you. So the, the, the argument is he took um, steps to avoid confrontation, and that's when they're like, ah, nah, that ain't happening. We saw the surveillance, and he shot her. And I guess at the end of the day, had she been quicker on the draw, he would have shot her. She would have shot him. Where is my due time crew? I got to talk to these people because this is crazy this morning. Good morning, Tamika. I don't want you to shoot me. So I'm going I'm to behave. <laughs> Good morning. Happy, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. <laughs> yes, ma'am. Happy Thursday. How are you? I am well. How are you today? I, okay, thanks. I thought I was not going to be impressed with this news, girl. I changed my mind. <laughs> I changed my mind. I changed my mind, Jamaica. I changed my mind. Oh, my goodness gracious. Oh, we're talking about the uh, the latter two stories where you've got mom who figures she wants to save a couple of bucks. She tells the daughter she's going to pay for the food, you know, at the wedding. And uh, she pays for it, all right. She takes the food that she has stored for eight months, Tamika, in her freezer to put on the table at the second daughter's wedding. Now, you, you're split. You have those that say, Mom was, I mean, she was crafty. She saved the money. And, you know, leave her alone. She did a thing. She said she would provide the food, and she did that. The food has been frozen for eight months, so it's been preserved. You have those who say that the sister should not have opened up um, her mouth and told the guests at her sister's wedding because it made the family look bad. And then you have the others that say, Mom, really? Mom, you try friend. Which side of the fence are you on this morning? I have never heard. You know, they don't they don't make parents the way they used to. They they just don't. <laughs> like, you know, <laughs> Okay, so anybody that's been listening to the broadcast any period of time knows that I just got married not too long ago, and I'm a foodie. I love, I love, love, love food, and I love for, you know, one of the things that I desired was to make sure that everybody's palate was was pleased. You know, so we solicited a lady, and she did. She, She came by, and she gave us food, and I was just like, my eyes open. I was like, oh. You are definitely going to be the one. But I can't even imagine. Mom, you are nasty. Like, that is absolutely disgusting. Eight months you kept this food in the freezer. So I'm thinking, okay, 
So, you know, after the wedding, you know, you get all this stuff together. It takes a moment to, to, to get all the wedding stuff, you know, put away and decide where to put it. So mom's like, okay, I got the food. Okay, so you're like, okay, fine. That's one less thing I got to worry about. So in my mind, I'm thinking, okay, you're going to do what I asked you to do. That's one less thing. You're going to send it to the shelter. I'm not thinking, hey, wait a minute. That potato salad looked just like that chicken. That chicken wings. Wait, they got the same season. It looked. Wait a minute. I don't look. I, she is good to be to be able to you know tell people side to side. You know, don't eat that. Don't eat that. I, I'm a little bit more than that because I'm like you're not going to destroy. You know, I, I'll be honest. I probably would get on the mic when it's toasting time. Listen. So nobody take another bite of nothing because that is absolutely disgusting. Like, I can't believe. So I'm mm. like, you know, what are the nasty things, Mom, you done done? Because, you know, this is not your <laughs> first time. You done done some other stuff. And some way, somehow, this is why we pray over our food and pray over other things because I survived that. If you did that, what else could you have done during our childhood? And that's what people say, oh, okay. no, it is not okay. You sound like Shantice. What else have you done? I know she must be saying that to herself. But man, that that that's something else. I'm not even gonna go to the second um, story yet. I'm gonna keep this momentum up and see what your your sister friend, Pastor Charlotte, has got to say. Cause I gotta ask her about that table over at your wedding. <laughs> Yeah, let's just talk about this thing. Let's talk about this thing. Pastor Charlotte, should we have taken a second look over at that table where that <laughs> food was back in May? <laughs> good morning. The food is good. <laughs> the food is good. No, I'm just <laughs> Good morning, everybody, first. <laughs> good morning, good morning, good morning. Oh, Pastor Charlotte. Now, we know that the food was good and looked good over at the Bynum wedding. But do we really, do we really just, are we just really this cheap? Which side of the fence are you on? I'm telling, don't eat it, why? Because the food is spoiled. <laughs> like a little rascal. Ah, remember that? Remember that from yeah. the little rascal? <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> exactly. Listen, my thought was, wonder if the people get sick. Now, mm. what happens, right? So if you know that, you know, because if you don't say nothing, then you're a part of it. So I would tell everybody, don't eat it. That food was from my wedding eight months ago. Um, and Ooh. I agree. How many, what other things that you have done? That's like a slow death because I'm with you, uh, Lady Tamika, that when we was kids, what was you feeding us? You know, how many mm-hmm. times you taking food from places? And freezing them and then acting like you cooked them. You know, so one of the wow. biggest things of a wedding is food. Well, y'all know. Right. Related to me. <laughs> food is a big part, you know, and everywhere be like, go down, there's a McDonald's on that corner. 
Chinese restaurant on that corner, I you know, I'll start telling people because my thing is, how dare you, mother? How dare you? How dare you? And you're not saving no money because the first daughter probably was the one that bought that food. Right. Hmm. Right. So you ain't saving right. no money. Right. Right. Ooh, Pastor Charlotte. I just couldn't even imagine this thing here. I couldn't. I'm like, who does that? But there were people on the other side of the fence. And, you know, Shantice, I'm going to ask you, good morning, what side of the fence would you be on? You know, there were some people that said, listen, Mom, give her a round of applause. Round of applause for Mom who saved the food for eight months. <laughs> or you had the others that said, yo, that was disgusting. We could have been ill or the people could have been ill. That food could have been easily contaminated. What kind of mother does this nonsense here? What say you, Shanti? Well, good morning. Good morning. That is all the way disgusting. All the why was this a plan? <laughs> Who would think <laughs> to take leftovers and now make this part of the menu for anything? If you were having a dinner party mm-hmm. at your house. Let alone a wedding. Where, as they say in the street, where do you do that at? Where, what? No. I did that the last time I spoke to my mother. <laughs> oh my goodness. Man, oh man, oh man, oh man, oh man. You know, the gentleman just joined us. They, the guys just jumped on, and we don't always get the guys. So, ladies, you got company this morning, so I'm going to tell the story one more time, and I'm going to get the guys' input, because I'm sure they're going to come out with something this morning. Y'all made me laugh. I'm sure they're going to make us laugh, too. So, good morning, gentlemen. This morning, we're talking about the news story of mom, uh, who really kind of uh, got excited. So there was a woman who got married eight months ago, and she had, of course, the the food catered. And what she did was she arranged that the leftover food would be donated to, like, a a homeless shelter. So that's the last she knew of anything. She says eight months down the line, her sister is getting married. And when the food is put out for display, she said the food kind of looked eerily familiar. She said it looked like almost the identical thing that she had at her wedding eight months ago that the only difference was it looked sad and kind of dry. So she went to her mother (laughs) and she asked, asked her mom, you know, mom, what's with the food? Because mom had committed to um, having, you know, spending the money on treating the couple to the food uh, for their wedding. 
the second couple. And she told the daughter, actually saved the food <laughs> from her wedding eight months ago. She had frozen it and kept it. The food was fine. It had been kept, you know, frozen. It wasn't left out. And, you know, she was putting it on the table for the new guests at the new wedding. So the sister said she couldn't, she couldn't, she couldn't do it. She couldn't do it, she couldn't do it. So she ended up telling some people that the food, don't eat the food. (laughs) Listen, don't eat that food. I know what that food has been. Um, And she got a lot of flack from family who said that she shouldn't have said anything because her saying something meant that she made the family look bad. And when she posted, and when she posted this story, she got a lot of flack because they said, listen, mom was being crafty and saved money. How could you expose mom for doing something wrong when she had, you know, everybody's best interest at heart and she conserved a lot of money? And then you had others that said, are you crazy? Mom is out of control because people could have gotten sick from that food. The ladies have just gotten finished saying what they think. So we're going to say good morning to Brother Al. So we can find out what you think, Brother Al. Good morning. Good morning, chop, chop of the morning, chop, chop of the morning. What do you think, Brother Al? Do you think Mom was being, you know, uh, uh, crafty and, you know, she found a way to save money and she should be praised for, you know, conserving so much money because, you know, it can be expensive or something else? Well, I, I what I would say to that is the macaroni spaghetti, the peas all moist in the chicken tastes like wood. So, so, so it's funny because I'm listening to the story and I'm sitting here cracking up, and it's like you think you're saving money, but look at all the money that's gonna be spent. From them going to the hospital to get their stomach pumped. Are yeah. you nuts? I mean, you want to yeah. see, but they, he took saving overboard now. Yeah, I would have said something too. You know, Mom, I love you, Mom. Mom, I love you. But I could have sworn that potato salad was about nine months ago. <laughs> Mom, mm-hmm. You know, and I think the daughter should have been, you know, I guess, you know, you can't say, I was going to say the daughter should have been, you know, on it as well, but I, I can imagine she's running trying to get her wedding together, so I can understand that. But mama's crazy. Mom said, you know, I'm going to fix all that. I still got food left. I'm going to hold for eight months. Man, that's, that's insane. She's crazy. That's crazy. Crazy. Wow. Anybody who agrees with her, y'all need to leave the wedding too. Y'all go on there. Y'all yep. Matter of fact, y'all, y'all go, you know, I'll be like, y'all go ahead and eat that. Me, my bride, and my and, and, and my bridal party, we gonna get some Popeyes. Y'all go ahead and enjoy. You know what? I did, that's right. That's right. Oh my goodness! Thank you, brother Al. Let's see what Pastor KL's got to say about this thing here. Good morning, Pastor KL. Good morning, Pastor Steph. How are you today? 
I am well. Thank you. How are you? I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm just thinking, you know, um, when I was at the Bonham's wedding, something was tasting a little dry. So I don't know whether they had that stuff for a long time. Bonham's wedding. <laughs> I ain't sure about that one. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I think I think brother Bynum is doing a little cover up for because he know he had some stuff there a little dated, you know. But, but on, on, on the real side, you know, for for those of us who celebrate Thanksgiving and Christmas, you know, we we get some dressing on on Thanksgiving and we freeze it because we want some for Christmas. You know, I, I think she was innovative. I I I, 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 I really really think that you know. She thought this thing out really well. You know, listen, y'all got married too close. Can't nobody keep on spending for no caterers. We had a little food <laughs> left over. Listen, if you had some cake left over, you would have got some cake too. <laughs> you know what I mean? Hey, I, I, I'm, with, I'm with the mama. I'm with the mama. I'm sorry. I'm with the mama. <laughs> well, my mommy never eat at your house. <laughs> right. <laughs> Nobody, you, know, you, see, you know, we talked about this earlier, about eating at other people's houses. You just can't eat everywhere. And thank you so much for revealing that we can go when, when, when Pastor K.L. Listen, wait a over, minute. Time out. We'll time out. Walk- that ain't, that, listen, what? that ain't fair. We, we pray every day. We pray over our food. We're going to be all right. We're going to be all right. <laughs> You know what? I am about to test the Lord on this one. So when we all go to Pastor house, we all go stop over at the store. We gonna buy some Popeyes for Brother Al and anything else, and uh, we gonna have some burgers because Pastor Charlotte bringing the burgers. We but we gonna bring our own food. We gonna bring our own food for real. Oh my goodness! He said, "Thank you." You know what? I'm done. All righty. Well, we have welcome, gentlemen. Yes. I'm sorry. I, I, I something just came to mind. So you mean to tell me, from the eight months that I got married, none of y'all went to the house and ate? Uh, you know, because my thing is, you know, when I go to Mama's house, I go in the refrigerator, I go in the freezer, that type of. Thing. Nobody saw that Mama had stored this food away for eight months, unless she had a deep freezer. <laughs> I, I, you know, that, stuff like that kind of makes me scratch my head. Like, how close are you really? Wow. Well, you know what? Let's, let's look at it for the this next way. Wedding. Look at it this way. You have the first married couple who are newlyweds. So they ain't probably visiting mom very much. You have the new couple who was planning the wedding, and they probably not visiting mom very much. So mom was able to to, to, to pack this food away, and nobody knew that. Because, I mean, this has got to be a lot of food left over. I agree with you. Because my thing was, well, where did you store all this this food? Because in here, God forbid we buy a pack of chopped meat. We ain't got no place to put it. <laughs> we just threw out food last week because oh, we, we couldn't put it in the freezer, and it didn't last. So I can't mm-hmm. even imagine where you stored See? all so much people food. Are, people in Africa are dying. 
People in Africa yes. are getting married. You could have gave that food to people in Africa. Somebody getting married in Africa. <laughs> you ain't had to throw it out. Yes. <laughs> yes. But, but it was set aside for it to go to the homeless shelter. So you deny the people the blessing at the homeless shelter to reheat this food eight months later? I tell you, Disgusting. you know... It, it, this is pathetic. That's what it is. It's pathetic. It's really pathetic. That's the stuff. Yes? I'm sorry. I just thought of maybe the daughter that was getting, the second daughter that was getting married, maybe she was talking to her mother and decided and was telling her she didn't have nothing old and nothing blue. You know what? <laughs> well, the food was old <laughs> and the food was turning blue. <laughs> I am so good. Oh, no, there was oh, some blue goodness. on that food. There was some blue on that food. <laughs> oh, my goodness gracious. You better believe there was some blue on that food. Oh, my goodness gracious. I tell you, people, what people won't do is, is just amazing. We have this brother and sister duo in Michigan who are in business together. They have a family business together. And somehow or another, they got into a disagreement. So while he was going, the brother was headed out from work one day, the sister, her husband, and their daughter decided to approach him. They got into a verbal altercation. And somehow or another, when he went to get in the car, um, they, I guess somebody tried to, one of the family members, they said, tried to stop him uh, and approach him on the passenger side, and they got into a physical altercation. Well, the brother pulls out his gun and shoots the sister. So he, you know, when he got arrested, you know, the defense was, well, listen, she, I was defending myself. I was defending myself. Let me tell you how he puts it. Um, I'm trying to see what they said here. I, I've said it before. But I want to say it the way he said it. Um, he said, he, oh, he took steps to avoid the confrontation. And they said, no, 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 we have surveillance. What happened was he went to pull his gun and she went to pull her gun at the same time. She just wasn't quick enough on that draw as he was, and she ended up dead. And I'm saying, what kind of sister and brother showdown, holdown is this? Oh, Pastor Charlotte, what are we talking about here? Oh, what a wonderful family. Shoot them up. That's what mm. they learned. <laughs> um, I was thinking. I was thinking of him. Why would they pull a gun out on each other? That was first. I do understand that sisters and brothers, you know, they get into it, even grown, and they fight each other, right? But for you to kill your sister, you know. But then if she was getting a gun as well, it always takes me to that movie, Mister and Mrs. Smith. That's all they know. You're doing something that you are familiar with, and that was what you are familiar with, to see who's going to get it first. So you didn't turn it to my sister anymore. You turned it to my enemy. Yeah, big time. 
Big time, big time, big time, Pastor Charlotte. Shanti, what kind of showdown, hoedown was this? Shanti, so you talking to the mute button? I was, I'm sorry. Uh, oh, okay. <laughs> this just puts me in the mind of the situation with the um, music producer I worked with years ago where mm. him and his brothers, him and his two brothers had a shootout in the house with the elderly mother in there over a card game. Um, it's, it's it's really, you know, I know what it is to fist fight with my sister. Um, and now being older and looking back, like, we were just reckless and it's just to even think about it, it's like so embarrassing to now think of you pulling up any type of you know like little weapon out on your sibling and you know not not only pulling it out but using it is just like you know the mentality that you realize you have to have towards your family in order to do something like that is is scary and it's sad. You know, mm. and unfortunately, you know, I, I don't know if you mentioned that there were other siblings, but now you you have to live with the fact that you killed your sister. And now you have to ask yourself the question every day, was it really worth it? Whatever it was y'all were going back and forth about, whatever, you know, despite her also drawing her weapon to you, just happened to pull your trigger first. Was it really worth it? Whatever led up to that, I know that's playing in his head. Like everything that was said that led up to that, everything that was thought that led up that led up to that. Could I have just shut up and walked away, or could I have just simply smacked her and walked off? Like you know, all these things playing in your mind. It's like the mentality you have to have to really pull it up now and use it on your sibling. Like that's that's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, brother Al, brother Al, what say you? You know, it's crazy. And did you, did you say they had a family business together? Yes, they did. They had a family soap soap making business, actually. You know, it's hard when you have a family business because it's like everybody wants to be that one in charge when that head person go. And, uh, um, and a lot of times when you got family business, like we'll start a business and, you, of course, you want to keep it going. So who's the next in line? our children and then you got our children who don't have the love for it like we have the love for it but we push it under habit and these are things that's happening so this ain't the first time that they got into argument or having this light you know because right. for you to pull a gun you know you might argue with your sister or your brother but for you to pull a gun and say okay you know what i done had enough this ain't the first time they didn't got into something so it's much more deeper than just this first argument Maybe mom or dad or somebody say you next in line and the other one is mad. So this ain't the first time. And it's crazy. You killed your sister, your flesh and blood. That's, that's crazy. But then you look at it too. If she'd have got the gun out first, she would have killed them. So it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 That's just, they out of control, brother. Now they out of control. Pass the thing out. Well, well, well let, let me just say this disclosure first to Shantice. Um, 
me, me and, and this, this pastor I know was playing spades together, you know, at someone's house. Now, I tell you, if she would have reneged out of shadow, Spades is a very, very, very Spades is a very, very important game to me. If she would have been by any means, she would have got shot. I won't mention the pastor that I'm talking about, but she would have got shot. I want you to know that. Let us pray. Let us pray. Oh, mommy never played spades with you. <laughs> I, I I think you know when 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 you're trying to have a um a business together, you know it, it seemed to me that the family was already toxic, you know so that that was already a a a a, a, a suicidal you know event. You know you know everybody in your family crazy. If they would have did anything slightly wrong, you know something could could have went down. So so I I, I think from from the jump was a bad idea to even do business together because we all crazy. Yeah, wow. 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 They they, they this this here was a was a, was a recipe for disaster. This was definitely right. a recipe for disaster. Um Lady Tamika, what you got going on in your head when you think about the Hatfields and the McCoys in the same family? Oh, yeah. You know, the sad part about that is there's a lot of dysfunctional families out there that we're not aware of, you know. And it only takes one specific situation, you know. Um, I, I, I don't know how it got to this degree that we are literally, you know, trying to take each other out, you know, because my thing is um, I, I, I want to believe that in your mindset, you don't dislike your loved one that much that you want to take them out. However, you know, in this instance, they're both reaching for a gun and literally, you know, I, I shot first, so I took you out. Because my thing is, if I'm going to shoot, I'm going to shoot you in the leg, you know, something that will, you know, cause an issue, you know, to, to help. This is not the first time, you know, and it, it, we don't know if it's civil, sibling rivalry or, you know, and now you – Actually, you, you're probably not going to excel too much anyway because you got jail time. You, you ain't running no business. She's gone, and who's running the business now? Of course, nobody's thinking about that because when anxiety rises, I just want to take you out. Now there's all kinds of extra stuff yeah. that has to go by mm-hmm. because of this, yeah. you know, all of that. This, this is just chaotic. Yep, yep. And I, I agree with all of you. My thought, My first thought was, this is something that they've been experiencing. It's a very toxic uh, uh, situation already, very volatile. Because if you went to pull your gun, whoever went to pull that gun, for you to go to pull your gun, period, it's already a toxic situation. Because I can imagine pulling no gun on my sister. For both of y'all to carry guns and to even consider using it on your siblings, it's already a volatile situation. You know, so you know, I I I I don't believe that they should have been in business either because there's no way in the world y'all gonna be in no business and both of y'all like this. So being in business, and I would like to think that, you know, or I would hate to think that it got like this after y'all went into business together. But just like um, Tamika said, my thought was 
well, who's running the business now? Because let's say for argument's sake, he has children, and he and they take his part of the business, and now you know she's got a child because the daughter was at the you know on site. So now, do you not get along because you shot my mother? or your mother was going to shoot my father, you know, all right. So then that goes into generation problem. So I agree also because that's where my head went. I'm like, well, who's going to run this business? And even if y'all sell, still that can become a problem. So even selling it cannot, you know, necessarily go smoothly. So this is a mess. This is a big mess. This is a big mess. Well, speaking of family problems, I got one story for you before we go. So out in Colorado, there's an 81-year-old man, and he has been accused of murder. So let me just give you this little piece of story here. So he lost his job, and he came home, and he murdered his 70-year-old wife and the 35-year-old daughter. And when he called the cops, he called 911 to report the the killings, excuse me, he alleges that there was a suspect who came in and used a hammer to kill them. Well, when they did the research, and they did some digging and investigating, come to find out it was an axe that was used to kill the mother and the daughter. And the murderer was the father. And he said he killed them after he lost his job because he did not want them to experience homelessness. (laughs) He had in his in his work he had um quite a bit of interaction with individuals who were experiencing homelessness. So when he lost his job he rather see them dead opposed to experience homelessness. Brother Al, do you love Tamika that much? Do I, do I love her that much to kill her? You see? <laughs> no, I just want to make sure I get the question right. <laughs> but now you said now now you say he he said he'd rather kill them just to experience why they catch that last part. He'd rather kill them than experience what? He he killed them because. He had lost his job, and he didn't want them to experience homelessness. So he killed them. Oh, oh. So he didn't want them to experience homelessness, so he created a home in the ground for them. You know? Oh, my God. You know, it's like you can't make this stuff up. Like, these people, you don't think. So you say, okay, I lost my job. So being, I guess he said he figured he's the breadwinner now, so I lost the job. So now I lost a job, you know, my family is going to be homeless. So, yeah, I don't want them to spend that, so I might always go ahead and kill them. 
So you didn't think this through, bro. Have you ever heard of a shelter if it get that bad? You know, you didn't think about that. Now, you know, we can kill these people, and now you got a new home. You got a new home in prison with Big Bubba, and you ain't going to like it. Now, what Big Bubba hit you with a hammer? And I, and, oh, my God, man, these people was, you know, you, you couldn't think of nothing else but death. You couldn't say, you know what, let me get on public assistance. Stop this. You, your street mind went to, I might would kill him. You, I think he had that in his mind already. You know, he been wanting to kill him. He needed an excuse. All righty, Brother Al. Pastor K.L., this 81-year-old man, makes this decision for the welfare of his family. What do you think? Well, at, least, at least he thought it through. You know, he, he, didn't, he didn't want nobody to suffer later on. You know, we, we suffer now. It's just one, one and done. But um, I, I think I think it, that was totally, totally stupid. I mean, like Brother Al said, there's so many other things, you know, that's out there that can help you, you know, help you and your family. So now you lost your job, you, you've lost your freedom, and you lost your family. So all that in power, I guess that, that's better than, than just, you know, having a cheese sandwich every now and then. Don't understand. <laughs> Oh my goodness gracious! I got I got some eight months old food in the in, in in the freezer they can have. Right, they ain't gotta go hungry. They ain't gotta go. Hungry. <laughs> oh my goodness, Tamika, Tamika, Tamika. Oh boy, oh boy! All I can say is, I got a home in the sky. Gonna tell this world goodbye. <laughs> you see, I'm gonna fly away. Like, I'm just, like, you don't even, we don't, we can't really play what happens from day to day. You know, just because, and, and this, this goes with that mindset of that everything falls on me, not depending on God. So when you lose your source, you forget you've got a resource. And so you're not using your resources well. You're not even thinking about what holds for tomorrow. You know, it's that mentality. You only live once, so they already live, so let's kill them. We're done. You know, that's, that's just crazy. It just does absolutely, makes absolutely no sense. They don't make families like wow. they used to. Whew, boy. Man, oh, man, oh, man. Be careful of your covering. Jesus. All righty, Pastor Charlotte. You know, what happens if Elder comes home with an axe? <laughs> he ain't gonna make it. He ain't gonna make it. Wrong question. Wrong question. Wrong question to the wrong person. Oh you better know it. Oh, oh well, I would say, Elder, what are you doing? No. But I thought um, for the man, the same mindset that you had to think about getting the axe, think about killing you so we can be able to live the wife and the daughter and be able to have your insurance and we won't have to worry about living in the street. That's what I thought of. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> you know, because you, he had a job, right? So he had some insurance, hopefully. 
And yeah, but it becomes null and void when you kill yourself. No, you, it no, no. null and void when you kill yourself. No, don't kill you. That's, I'm, I, no, no, I know that. Suicide, you can't get the money. But the same plan that you had to kill us come with a plan to just allow yourself to get killed. Just allow, just walk in front of the oh, bus. Walk in front gracious. of the <laughs> Just fall in front of the train, you know. Suicide. Oh, my goodness. Listen, I just want the insurance money. We want the insurance money so we can live where that we don't have to get oh that God. frozen food from Pastor KL. Oh we want to live. Gracious. Oh, my goodness. She said, find a way to get yourself killed. Now, that that's definitely <laughs> on the tip of how to get away with murder. Who thinks uh-huh. like that? Oh, my God. I, I, I didn't understand that that's what you were saying. Girl, you never cease to amaze me. <laughs> <laughs> and that was one of my favorite shows. <laughs> uh, oh, my goodness. Elder. <laughs> Be careful. Be careful. Oh, my goodness gracious. <laughs> Y'all are a mess. Uh-oh. Look I'm on the phone with Elder her. right now. <laughs> right. Give him the he right. I told him to heed my words. Elder, get going now. Hurry up. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Don't, don't, don't lay down another second. Oh, my goodness gracious. Shanti, what's going on in your head? This is what happens when you're not taught how to deal with anything in life. You never heard no. You never had to do without. You never had to have a cheese sandwich with no cheese. You never, you know, what? what? I'm serious. You don't, you don't know. You weren't raised on, this is what happens when you weren't raised on oodles and noodles and all of that. Because who... Would really be like you know I see, I see the distress that I, I've I've you know encountered or I've witnessed up close, and let me just save my family the trouble and put them out their misery. What? Why did this make sense? you should go to jail just for thinking it, even if you didn't do it? Just for thinking that it's just like why? So. So what you tell me is that you didn't think your wife nor your daughter was capable of doing anything for themselves, that they were going to be some bums who would end up homeless. So you're like, let me kill these two bums before they embarrass me and look like the other homeless people. So I'm going to just put them out their misery. So now you in jail. Or you didn't kill yourself too because you didn't want them to look like everybody else. So now you look like all the other psychotic serial killers or, or, or killers because you didn't want them to look like everybody else. That was just dumb. That, I think there was another, there was a real reason. I think this is just a cover-up reason. This couldn't have been the real reason. Yeah, I have to agree with that point. I can't remember who raised that point first. But I, I, I'm like, nah, this is not making any sense to me. There's no way in the world that this is your recourse. The daughter was only 35 years old. So what was wrong right. with her earning? You know, it wasn't like she was two. 
You know, we, we no, she was 35 years old. And it doesn't say anything about her being disabled. So I'm like, well, she couldn't have gotten a job and helped to save the family or whatever. With I honestly believe the same thing. I honestly believe that he just wanted to kill him. And this was your mm-hmm. logic, you know, your excuse, rather. Because there's no logic to what you said. Not at all. You know, on your job, you interacted with people who were homeless. So you didn't want to see your family like that. None of us want to see our family like that. But if murder is the recourse, then oh my, then a whole lot of people would be dead. So I don't know. I, I agree with all of you who say, you know, it makes no sense. And I honestly believe, yeah, there was some motive, some real motive. He just is not saying he's 81 years old. Why would you want to end up in jail? Why would you want to uh-huh. end up in jail at 80 years old? So I, I don't. I, I think something else went on, and he's just not telling you the E True Hollywood story. But I tell you, uh, my due time crew, my due time crew. As always, you come through big time. Thank you so much for your contribution into today's conversation, and I pray you have a blessed day. You all do the same. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Uh, right now, we got uh, our pray for them now that we have arrived at our top of the hour. What you got for us today, Shanti? Okay, today for our pray for them, this is a listener submission. We are praying for, I'm trying to pronounce his name, Joya. Tixira Defaria, I think that's how you pronounce it, but he's better known as John of God. He is an 81-year-old Brazilian self-proclaimed medium and psychic surgeon, and someone like that is also known as a rich doctor. And he ran a spiritual healing center, and he appeared on CNN, ABC News, and some people, if you watch the Oprah Winfrey show, he appeared on her show because he was also known as Oprah's spiritual leader. Well, John of God, this rich doctor, has been sentenced to, now I'm seeing two different things. I'm seeing 99 years and I'm seeing 63 years. But either way, he just went down. Because he was just found guilty for rape and abuse against over 600 women and young girls. Um, the convictions also include firearms. The conviction also includes his involvement in a baby trafficking scheme where in Brazil they were selling newborn babies for up to $50,000 each baby to couples who were childless and were looking for, you know, babies. And according to some sources, they say that while he's been abusing these women and young girls, there were young girls that were being held captive in isolated farms in Brazil, and they suffered intense abuse, and they were forced to produce babies for about 10 years. And then after the 10 years, they were then murdered. And what I find crazy about this is when I first saw the the article, I didn't know anything about him being a medium, a psychic, a witch doctor, all that. I just kept seeing 
Oprah Winfrey's spiritual leader, spiritual leader, and he was also admired by other celebrities, which means he was possibly also a spiritual leader for other celebrities. And it's just like, what kind of research did we do to, you know, before I now take you on as my spiritual leader, and now it comes out that you've got at least 63 years. Now, he's already 81. See what I was just said? You ain't never getting out, mister. Um, but now to find out that this person who you've had on your show or this person you've been admiring has been doing these sick things to these women and to these young girls. So I know a lot of people would say, well, why are we lifting him up in prayer? We're lifting him up in prayer because obviously he has gotten sucked into serving the enemy and doing the enemy's work instead of God's. And when we're talking about having any level of desire to be a spiritual leader, we should want to be on God's side. We should be wanting to serve him and assisting God in bringing people to him and not assisting the enemy in bringing people to him. Um, so definitely praying for, oh, my gosh, he's already 81. We don't even know at what age he got sucked up into this, and he, you know, then got all the same. So praying for also Oprah Winfrey and the other celebrities who have taken him on as their spiritual leader and, you know, whatever he has pushed into them, even if they don't do, you know, these crazy things. But those of us who know what it is to have a spiritual relationship with God, oh, my God, just picture something like that on the opposite side. Sick. You know, definitely praying for the family of the victims, um, you know, the, the young girls and the women who were murdered after, you know, being used for their body to to produce these babies for financial gain, and now they're no longer here. Also praying for the babies, you know, because we've heard, we've heard about, you know, this black market sale of babies, you know, whether it's in the U.S. or in other countries or whatever. And, you know, if just think about the mentality of a couple who says, I'm this de- desperate to have a child, I don't care, what has to be done, how much money I have to put up, I just want this child. And now you're aiding in this baby-making process, you're aiding in this baby-trafficking process, and you don't see how your desperation is now feeding into this psychotic <laughs> plan that's being, you know, that's, that's going on. Um, so praying for those couples as well and praying for the babies and, you know, just really praying for any and everyone who has ever admired him, even if they saw him on TV and, you know, whatever he's been saying, I've never watched him. I don't know what he could have been saying, but if you're talking about you're a, a psychic and a, a witch doctor, what could you really be saying that sounds like you're for God? So just lifting him up in prayer and praying that while he's serving his time before God decides to close his eyes, that he really takes the time to open himself up to God so that he can possibly be forgiven and then, you know, end up serving God instead of serving the enemy, continue to help feeding the enemy to people. Mm. Yeah, I actually was going to do this new story tomorrow, and I was looking at the um, – the, uh, the roster of prominent uh-huh. people who um, considered him to be their spiritual leader, and on that roster is Bill Clinton, um, the actress uh-huh. Shirley MacLaine, supermodel Naomi Campbell, 
and the Brazilian, former Brazilian president, you said, you know, he's duped a whole lot of people. And, you know, unfortunately, you're talking about, I mean, over 600 women. Um, and one, one person can have this type of influence mm-hmm. over many people and have so many victims um, under his belt is is really is is this this is this is this is a travesty. Um, and needless to say, you know justice has found its way. But he won't spend another day on this, you know, on this concrete. Um, mm-hmm. But you know, just really praying for his soul because this is this is serious stuff. That he's done. Mm-hmm. How many people are suffering, or will or will suffer because of what he's done? So, oh, let's mm-hmm. go before the Lord. We definitely need to hold hands, the whole hearts today. God, <laughs> oh, heavenly Father, we thank you, thank you so much, dear God, for just allowing us an opportunity to see your brand new day, to give us an inkling of a desire to pray for this particular individual. Lord, who has victimized so many. And when we look at the domino effect, how many more lives are going to be affected based on his actions? And Lord, we know that there is nothing you can't do. Nothing. Nothing you can't do. No problem too big for you to solve. No situation too great for you to pay attention to. And we really ask you, dear Heavenly Father, to just touch this life. Touch this life, God, wherever he is sitting right now, God, that he would just feel different. He would understand, if he doesn't already, and he would understand um, what he's done and that there would be no level of arrogance or fear or resistance to you changing his heart, that he hasn't been victimized so deeply that he's unremorseful, but that you would just permeate his heart where he would want to make it right with you. We don't even know his safety level right now because when things like this go on, we know that they're vulnerable once they get inside of the prison system. And, Lord, we're asking that you have your way, that you cover him according to your will and your way, God. Know that you're mindful of the heinous behavior and treatment unto others. And we know that you have your plan for his life. Well, Lord, we ask you that, you know, he just really reconciles his life to Christ. That your son Mm -hmm. died for him too. Regardless of whatever he's done, you you sent your son here for him as well. And this is why we're lifting him up this morning. 
Because, see, we look at degrees of sin, and we're not as bad because we didn't do all that he did. But sin is sin in your eyes. And we know we all have to come to your mercy seat to ask you for forgiveness, to confess and repent, God. Mm-hmm. And we're, we're, we're grateful that you are the God you are, that you see us for who we are, but you also know that you created us to ultimately mm-hmm. serve you. So, Lord, we're praying for every single individual family who he has uh, murdered, that they are left to deal with these memories, this knowledge. We pray for all of those who are left here um, as for their children, that will, that their parents, their mother's not here anymore. And, Lord, we ask you to just deal with their lives because we see right firsthand what happens to people who grow up without parents, who are abandoned. We see what happens. And we don't have any idea that the the trajectory that we're meeting now behavior. So, Lord, we're asking you for all of those who didn't pay attention to who he was, didn't investigate, and who just immediately considered him to be a spiritual advisor, that they themselves would just get help, that they themselves would do a little more research before they made these claims and connect themselves to these people or allow themselves to be drawn into um, these people's company. We're grateful today for knowing who you are, and we're not on the side of prayer like this. Thank you. That it could have been us, but because your mercy prevailed, we are not there. So, Lord, Mm -hmm. just thank you for saving us when you did, that you didn't allow us to get this bad that you are walking and talking with us right now to keep us sustained and we're not going into any uh, other direction and we're grateful that you have put it on our hearts to lift these people up before you. In the name of Jesus, we, we just come before you this morning with humble hearts, open mouths, Submitting and surrendering ourselves to you. In the precious name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thank you, Shanti. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you. You're welcome. Have a blessed day. Oh, boy. You know, I, I like I said, I was going to do this story myself tomorrow. And I was like, wow. You know, just to think, you know, that... This kind of stuff goes on right right in front of us, right in front of us. How many times have we connected ourselves to someone who was unworthy, shysty, you know, uh, committing all kinds of crime and 
we never bothered to um, we never bothered to check them out, and we could have easily become easily become a victim easily. How many times has God watched out for us when it could have been, should have been, and would have been us? We really do not know how much God has rescued us. How many times? Oh, my God, I think all the time. Oh, my God, the times that we don't even realize that we were in, like, so much danger. Or I say again, how many times that could have been us? But, but, but God. But we don't even realize ultimately what God has done for us. We underestimate the power of God. And as we're praying for this individual, you know, like I said, the domino effect. How many lives how many lives have been left in the wake of, of, of such an atrocious way and a heinous way of living? Look at all the lives that have been affected. You know, and, and we don't we would never be able to count. Never be able to count. Never able to count how many lives are affected when, you know, these people took him as a spiritual advisor who they who they connected him with. And that's how the enemy works. That he comes in so sneakily. That he comes in so crafty, presenting himself as an angel of light and destroying lives all along destroying lives. So we, we really need to make sure that when we are making these decisions to follow these people and to put ourselves in their company or allow them into our space, are they really worthy? Are they people that God has sent to you? Are we really aware of all that could be taking place right underneath our noses and you know just pray to God and ask him to order your steps even if, even choosing your company just order your steps be the one who makes the decision you know I, I just said to Shantice the other day I said you know I said based on some recent um, experience the other day, the Lord said to me, I need you to not answer right away at times. Even if you know it's me who has already given the green light, I need you to just hold off on your answer. And it made every bit of sense to me because what I realized was, you know, sometimes we answer, and it is what God wants us to do. However, we need direction. We need to um, understand how to move forward. But because we've already said yes, we end up behind the April because we've already given our word, and that's what we are leaning on, 
I can't, you know, back up and say, well, not necessarily I can no longer do it, but the way you are now to operate and function with this person may be different than what you initially thought. But because we didn't take those five minutes to let God deal with us before we said yes, how many times have we said yes and we didn't ask the right questions? And then at the end of the day, we're like, oh, man. And now you're kind of forced, if you will, to do it a certain way because you just didn't take the time. Well, stepping back would give an opportunity. Not saying that immediate yes. Even knowing you're going to say yes. But not saying that immediate yes gives you an opportunity to consult God as to how you move forward before you say yes. Because, yes, we do pray and ask God, okay, God, you know, teach me, you know, what I need to do. and But, but we didn't already said yes. So we've kind of made decisions on our own. Like I said, even if you know the leading of the Lord wants you to be involved, mm-mm, back up. This gives you an opportunity to assess some things. This gives you an opportunity to see, you know, how many times, you know, hindsight is twenty twenty. After you do some things and get involved in certain things, you then realize because you see things differently, you know what, I should, you know, I can be involved, but I, I, I should have maneuvered, maneuvered another way. Well, that was like amazing to me, to be honest with you. It was really, really amazing to me. I was like, wow, God. And I thank you. And it was all because, you know, somebody else misunderstood. And in their excitement, they misunderstood. Because it's the same setup for me regardless. And, you know, just now I'm I'm grateful to God for, you know, just instructing me on how to move forward. And he says, I'm not going to tell you necessarily no. It's not that you've moved outside of my will, because my will for you was to be involved. However, I need you to just, even if it wasn't for that particular thing, but going forward, and the Spirit of the Lord said, you'll see the benefit of it. And, and he, I, you didn't have to sell it. You didn't have to sell it to me. I caught it. I caught it as soon as God said it. I was like, wow. Because immediately I could think of 15 things that could happen between the time I answer and the next time I speak to them. It gives me an opportunity to really just take some precautions that, again, you don't have when you already said yes. So I'm offering you that word of advice to just, you know, slow down your answer and seek God as to how you want to move forward before you have answered. And watch the difference. Watch the difference. Watch the difference. So I want to say thank you for just being a part of Pastor Steph's life, giving God thanks for you, and all that you teach me indirectly, my due time call, that they teach me directly. And uh, God is an amazing God. Try him for yourself. 
You've been listening to It's Due Time with Pastor Steph. Join us Monday through Friday from 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. where we discuss matters of the heart, mind, and spirit. As you go through your day, be sure to set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on the earth. They will only serve as a distraction. Remember, prayer changes things. It's Pastor Steph signing off, and I want to thank my due time crew for always coming through big time. Thank you for hanging out with us and helping us do what we do. Please do not miss this opportunity to uh, give your life to Christ right now. Please do not miss the opportunity to strengthen your relationship with the Lord right now because later is not promised to any of us. Until tomorrow, God spares with Freestyle Friday. Until then, I love you.